Hey, I'm JR. And I'm Mike from the 18 Over Par with Mike and JR podcast. Welcome to season two of the podcast, where we'll continue exploring the sights, stories, and sounds of golf on the prairies, where you'll find some of the most golf courses per capita of anywhere in the world and beer. And Lots beer. of beer. Lots of beer, JR. A hidden gem, no more. Enjoy one of the top stay and play packages in Manitoba at Oak Island Resort and Golf, just southwest of Brandon. Designed by one of the most prolific course architects in the country, you can enjoy over 6,600 yards of challenging and unforgettable golf amidst beautiful prairie wetlands and some of the best putting services on the planet. Once you put it out on 18, relax in one of the four fully equipped cabins on site while your hot dog or burger cooks on the BBQ. Or if camping is your thing, you can stay at one of the nearly 400 fully serviced sites. Book today by visiting oakislandmb.ca. Des and Andrea would love to see you down there and tell them 18 over par sent you and Mike and I will buy you around. That's oakislandmb.ca to book your stay and play package now or click on the link in our pod show notes. It's the 18 Over Par Podcast with Mike and JR. You suck, you duckass. Welcome to 18 Over Par with Mike and JR, proudly presented by Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. I'm JR, he's Mike, and today we're joined by one of the guys with the city of Winnipeg, Ben Fay. His official title is General Manager Golf Services, but when it comes to courses in the city, he's the guy. Well, this is a, an interesting one, and Mike and I were kind of chatting about this before as well. Uh, we did with Ben. Had no idea that there was a whole, could you even say it, office, people, personnel devoted to golf department. courses. Department. Thank you, Mike. Golf course, or devoted to golf services in the city of Winnipeg. So this, I think, is going to be fairly exciting. We're not going to grill you like city councilors. <laughs> maybe Mike will we no way. Maybe the back nine lightning round will turn into a back nine grilling session, but I, I don't think so. But, but shout out to Mike for finding you. How did you find Ben, Mike? Uh, well, on the city website, on the, on the municipal golf website, I think I was just looking through it, looking, they have a, so many things that we'll get into. And, and then it, it just kind of listens some contacts. And I saw Ben's name and I go out to Bloomberg a few times uh, every year and, and uh, talk to them. And then I was like, Oh, have you heard of Ben? And they, Oh yeah, Ben's great. And uh, so then I just, reached out to him on Twitter. You might've even been following us and he had heard from us, heard about us, which is always nice. And, uh, all good things, he, all good things. He was uh, very willing to come on to the program. Yeah, we, we really do appreciate it. And a shout out to, is it uh, Callan? With uh, Kalen Qualley. Kalen Qualley. Uh, Thank you, Mike. He, I'm uh, not sure that he might he might uh, get us on the pronunciation there, but yeah, well, he is a, a former Creecom grad as am myself. So I know if uh, you get the pronunciation or spelling wrong, you get an automatic fail. So maybe the show is already 
open for the best, 49%. But you know what? We talked about Ben Contact, you sourcing him out. We got a lot of contacts in our pod show notes, and this most likely is the penultimate show, so the second last show of the season of 18 over par. And Bryce Matlaszewski, he has been with us since the very beginning, and we appreciate his support so much. I know it's a busy month for him, but you got to check him out. He's an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact him at 204-515-3446. We have his contact information in our pod show notes. And what's crazy, and I didn't realize either, like he handles so much stuff. It's not just investments. We're talking insurance. We're talking estates. We're talking taxes. So maybe he's grilled Ben a few times on city taxes. I'm not sure. All I know is that it's a holistic approach. Bryce Matlaszewski, he's a great guy to chat uh, to about golf as well. So uh, you can hit him up. All his contact information is in our pod show notes as well. Ben, just for help hopping on the show, you're going to get yourself a custom 8-inch DQ cake from the Nick and Nikki group of DQs. You can find them in person, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park in the food court, DQ Neverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can also follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. And a final shout-out to Oak Island Resort and Golf. They were our destination sponsor this past season. They had a great package for us. They were 20% off their stay-and-play packages for the entire month of September. So that is, by the time this, this show drops, that'll have gone. But you can still check them out, oakislandmb.ca. Mm-hmm. Get in there early for next year. How about that? Yeah, go see them. Book early. You can tell them you heard about oak island from 18 over par i know uh i think on their instagram they had some uh october deals or maybe some yes, fall, fall deals specials. yes they got fall, fall specials. specials going on as most courses do and uh, maybe some city courses do but look at that shirt ben is rocking first and foremost oh cool so what is that shirt and where did you get it and how much did it cost <laughs> so uh, yeah so i have on a uh it's a Kildon Golf Course 100th anniversary T-shirt, uh, which we celebrated last year, the 2021 season at Kildonan. A uh, hundred years of golf at Kildonan. So 1921, they opened their doors as the first municipal golf course, and uh, um, you know, deep-rooted history of, of people learning to play the game at Kildonan, and, and, and lots of good memories over the years. So we we had a, a celebration out there last summer. We had uh, the mayor and members of city council out. We did a we did a golf day. Uh, we rates were down to $19 and 21 cents and, uh, it was a big success. So, yeah, so I have that shirt on tonight. As you can see, it's, it's, uh, it's got a logo of the bridge hole, the famous bridge hole, number 10 in Kildonan with a hundred in the middle. So pretty cool stuff. Nice. Do you go over or under? <laughs> <laughs> over whenever I can. Yeah. Uh, if, if, if I'm going under, it's probably a miss hit or a shank, but, uh, the plan is definitely to go over as much as possible. Mike, yeah. yourself? Well, it's funny you say that. And I actually hadn't played Kildonan until last year, which is kind of surprising because uh, I played most municipal courses or most public courses in the city. Uh, but I finally got my passport and I was allowed to leave St. James and got over until <laughs> Kildonan Park there. And uh, yeah, it was great. And, and the first few times I did, I played it like four times last year, which is crazy for not playing it at all. And then played it a bunch. Um, but yeah, the first few times I went over and then I did try and do like a little punch shot underneath. And then it kind of skidded along the, the rocks there. And then it ended up on the fringe. So both, both. Well, and on the scorecard, you know, it, it, it's, it's not an overly intimidating hole, right? It's, 
listed at 138 yards. It can play as long as about 152 from the tips, but it's a real narrow opening. As you know, Mike, in yeah. between the trees, if you're going over the top and if you catch a, a tricky wind or if you miss hit it slightly, you can find yourself in some trouble in a hurry for sure. Certainly. And you don't want to be uh, a few of my playing partners landed on the bridge one of theirs managed to trickle through and get over. I, another guy, I think it, it just bounced around up on the tracks there. I guess there's no trains that actually go on there anymore. Is there? Or? No, no, not anymore. It's been okay. decommissioned for a number of years. That could be interesting. I would, <laughs> <laughs> you know, that would be an type of hazard for sure. Added obstacle to hit over the train bridge with a moving train on it. But uh, maybe you should get it. Just a caboose up there. Yeah, or a steam-powered engine for the 100th anniversary last year. You could have just had it going back and forth. It would have kind of been like miniature golf, but it definitely would have made it interesting. There you go. There, there's my advice to the city for the 200th anniversary of Kildona Park Golf Course. Fantastic. <laughs> yeah. uh, 500,000. <laughs> authentic steam engine. Yeah, we spent our budget on the steam engine for the for the year. But uh, anyways, yeah, we well, digress. Yeah, Ben, you're obviously into golf, or at least I hope you'd be into golf. So how did you actually get into the game of golf? Did you start at a young age? Yeah, you know what I did, actually? I started playing when I was uh, about nine years old. Um, and it was actually my grandpa that uh, introduced me to the game. And and he would take me out in the summers to Crescent Drive Golf Course. Um, you know, funny enough how things go for full circle. That's now one of the courses that we manage. And uh, it's a great spot for young kids to learn to play the game and and to go out and sort of, uh, you know, play on a golf course that's a little shorter and caters to juniors. But uh, one of the things I remember most, though, is, you know, it, it, would, it would always be followed by a stop for lunch at McDonald's after. And I don't know if I looked forward to that more or the game of golf more, but uh, mm-hmm. it immediately, you know, immediately golf was fun for me right out of the gate. And, and you know, I, I became hooked pretty quickly and I, I always wanted to be at the golf course. And, you know, my parents were good about taking me there at night and drop me off and I'd chip and putt and hit balls and go out and play. Um, you know, and then, you know, if that, if that didn't work out, I'd, you know, I'd pack up the front and backyard and chip and putt and around the house or whatever park was down the street. So, you know, I took a, a, an early love to the game and, and, and became hooked pretty quickly. And then I guess, you know, I guess it was my mid teens yeah, I was about 15 when I joined Rossmere and uh, had a junior membership there. And, you know, at that time, there were a lot of really good junior players at Rossmere. And, you know, when I got a chance to play with them, my, my game improved pretty quickly. So that's, that's sort of my, uh, the, the early stages of my um, beginnings in golf. Very impressive. And even Mike had a similar story, right? Mike, didn't you start at Crescent Drive? I did. Yeah. I, I can't remember how old I was probably about the, the same age ish. And I think my mom just found the, you know, it was a week long program. I get there in the morning and then she picked me up after work and I'd bring a lunch or it'd be a lunch supplied. And we do, uh, 
whatever lessons it may be in the morning, there's, you know, three, four or five instructors and there might've been volunteers at the time, if I remember correctly, but uh, yeah, putting, chipping in the morning. And then we'd play nine holes in the afternoon. And, and it, it taught me the basics of the game. And uh, it was, it was so much fun. I have so many good, great memories from there. And and I still love to play Crescent Drive. Uh, I've played it twice this year. It's very challenging. Greens and regulation uh, are very tough at Crescent Drive, but it's it's a great course. And yeah, certainly great place, great course to start out at. Yeah. And having, you know, seen your, your pictures, believe it or not, I have not played Crescent Drive. Mm-hmm. So now I will have to uh, get out there and, and do it. Uh, but I got my start at Tuxedo first. And then, well, I guess it would have been John Bloomberg. That's how I fell in, in love with a game. I learned a lot of cuss words from my grandfather as he took me out with the uh, Thursday morning seniors, I believe it was. And then he got me some clubs from Dale Esopanko at a Cinnaboyan golf club. And then I went to Tuxedo for a couple of years and did a similar junior program where you chip and putt in the morning. Then you go and maybe play in the afternoon, have some chicken fingers and fries. It's funny, Ben, that you mentioned that because it seems like golf always at a young age is tied to food. <laughs> or you get to drive around the golf cart, one of the other things, or maybe both. And we always talk about chicken fingers and fries. That was like the best thing to have when right. you were a kid. And it was like golf course and chicken fingers and fries. Oh, I, I couldn't agree more. I mean, whatever, you know, whatever you can do to keep it fun. Like I have two young boys, they're 11 and nine and, and we take them out and we go to Kildonan, you know, when it's slower at night and, uh, and the highlight for them absolutely is you know dad when can we drive the golf cart we want to drive the golf cart (laughs) you know so we'll go out and we'll hit a few shots but the highlight is absolutely driving the golf cart um you know having a bite to eat on the patio after so it's it's those kind of things that that keep it fun at an early age and and wanting uh wanting kids to keep coming back so how often do you get out and play now with uh whether it's your your children or just yourself well, you know, it's funny this year, this is probably the, the least amount of golf I've played. I, I think I played 15 games this year. Um, you know, and it, it just kind of turned out to be one of those years where, you know, we had a late start. We didn't have the greatest spring and, uh, you know, the kids are busy doing other things and stuff like that. So, you know, but, but, but prior to this year, you know, anywhere from 40 to 60 games is, you know, probably what I would play in, in a typical summer. So, you know, and, 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 and more so lately, you know, I try to keep it to, uh, you know, our courses and it's a good opportunity to get out there and see how the courses are playing and get the same experience that the customer has and, um, you know, check things out and then sort of follow up with our maintenance staff the next day. And, and uh, yeah, so, you know, not playing as much anymore, but, but still have a, a passion for the game and a passion for the sport and and really enjoy it. We take a quick break to hear from Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. Well, Bryce, it's uh, it's great to to have you on and to have a quick chat. My first question is, uh, what can an investment advisor like yourself from Endeavor Wealth uh, do for me and how can that differ from my my current experience of trading with Wealthsimple uh, just based on my the recent Twitter feeds. <laughs> yeah, thanks so much for having me on, you guys. Yeah, d- discount brokers like Wealthsimple uh, certainly have their place, uh, but at the end of the day, you get what you're, you pay for. Uh, those platforms are very limited in what they offer, and they're more ideal for just basic trading. So if that's what you're looking to do, and it, it's really not a bad platform 
for that. But what we do at Endeavor, uh, we take a more holistic approach. Uh, we examine an individual's needs, uh, both short-term and long-term, and we go way beyond just investments. We look for tax opportunities, ensuring the decisions you are making today uh, minimize your overall tax that you might be paying. Uh, we also help our clients address estate and insurance needs. So really anything we can do to uh, assist in your overall wealth management approach. And going back to some of those discount brokers and, and, and things that you see on the internet, uh, a lot of times people don't realize the amount of intrinsic risk that they're taking on with with making some of those trades and so finding balance is is another key thing that we do for our clients at at endeavor that was bryce malashewski who is an investment advisor with endeavor wealth management part of ia private wealth and a member of the canadian investor protection fund you can contact bryce at 204-515-3446 so on a day-to-day basis then what exactly are you doing so would the maintenance crews and all those people fall under your umbrella are you responsible for for hiring these folks yeah i don't do the hiring myself anymore but um no we have um we have a, there's three of us that make up our, our management team at the city. There's myself as the general manager. Um, and then we have, uh, Dave Kamaski who, uh, when I moved into, um, when I moved into the general manager position, uh, we, we brought over from Gulf Manitoba. Dave was the former executive director there for a number of years. And, and when he came over to the city, uh, Jared Latterberg took over, over at Gulf Manitoba. Uh, so we have Dave uh, Kamaski as part of our management team. And then we also have Mike Brown, which is our, our maintenance coordinator. And his role is, is he's responsible for all things maintenance. So the, the core superintendents or in our world, the city, the city term for them is course foreman. They report to Mike. And, um, you know, so the three of us make up our management team. We have a head office um, for golf services on Gary street at Fort Gary place. So that's kind of where, you know, that's kind of where we'll begin our day. And, uh, we'll, we'll you know, we, we kind of have, um, team meetings every morning and, and get the latest on what's happening out at the golf courses. And, uh, you know, in this, in the operating season during the summer, we'll generally start at the office and then it won't be long before Mike's on the road at the golf courses. I mean, you know, the, a lot of people are surprised, to learn that the city owns 12 golf courses, mm-hmm. right? So that that's a, that's a pretty big portfolio of golf yeah. courses. Now we, we don't operate 12 golf courses. We operate, um, you know, three of them fully with city staff. So that's Kildonan park, Windsor park and Crescent drive. Um, we do the maintenance over at Harborview and then we have a, a private contractor who does the pro shop. And then we have leases and contracts in place, in place at uh, Canoe Club, Tuxedo, Transcona, uh, St. Boniface. I don't want to leave anybody out here. Uh, Rossmere, <laughs> Assiniboine, Wildwood, and then John Bloomberg. So, so there's on any given day, there's there's lots of things happening out at at, at all of those golf courses. Um, and beyond the golf courses, we actually operate or not operate, but rather um, manage the lease for Thermaea Spa which is on site at Crescent Drive Golf Course. Very nice. And quickly, I, I want to add, while walking up to Crescent Drive now, it smells like eucalyptus and it's very calming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, it's, it, it's quite the spot. And, and uh, you know, to have, uh, to have Thermaea at that site has been, 
has been a really good partnership. And, and I will say it for anyone out there listening who is ever stumped on, uh, on a gift for a significant other, that's your go-to hundred mm. percent bonus points. You can't go wrong with a, with a gift package for Thermaea, uh, for the Thermaea experience. It's, uh, it's something else. Yeah. It's great. We're big, big amenities guys oh, here yeah. at 18 over par and we like the spa treat yourselves. I'm actually going there next week. Wow. There you, go. there you go. Yeah. Or if, or for gifts, you can go the mic route and get uh, your significant other a Kirkland putter that you actually want for yourself. Correct. Yes. <laughs> well, it's too big, but. And Jr. If you're if you're doing it properly, Jr. There's nine holes booked either before or after your Thermia visit, right? <laughs> before and after, actually. <laughs> there you nine go. before, nine <laughs> after. Get nice and tight. And then get one, at the <laughs> one at the turn. One at the turn. <laughs> That's good. You got to play it. You got to play it. JR. I do. I do. I, I mean, you know what? My, I've been working on my irons and yeah. that seems like a great oh, place, man. especially wedges. Yeah. I mean, yeah, it's, it's tough to, you know, I, I don't want to scare anyone away, but yeah, those greens are, are tough to stick onto, you know, <laughs> and it's good. It's good. Par three practice. And, uh, and I'll go out there some days and like par maybe one hole. And as it is, uh, it's an eye opener for sure. Let's be honest. Yeah, you're trying to get a hole in one. <laughs> yeah, right. I, I am a uh, quick question on just cause we're on Crescent drive, but are you able, is it, is it possible to get it on the, is, I know it's not available on golf Canada app. Is it possible that we can get the course rated so that it can be on the app? Yeah, well, you know, it sounds like you're playing a lot there, so you want to get those scores entered, I'm guessing. Hey, Mike? Exactly, yeah. <laughs> Bring that handicap down a few strokes. Um, yeah, you know what? Yeah, that's something that uh, that we uh, we deal with through Golf Manitoba, uh, Kilwana Park and Windsor Park, uh, along with basically all the rest of the courses except for Crescent and Harborview are part of uh, – the golf Canada, uh, stream and, 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 uh, you're able to enter scores and through the golf Canada app. So that's something on the radar down the road for sure. Cool. Cool. Uh, you talked about lease properties and I thought it was so amazing to know, to learn that, uh, there were so many city owned courses that are, are paying these leases, whether, they're paying much at all or nothing or $1, but uh, it, it was certainly news to me. Uh, yeah. You know, so like I said, it, it's kind of a mishmash of a, of a portfolio that we have where we fully operate some, we operate half, you know, at Harborview where we just do the maintenance. And then we have seven that are fully uh, leased or contracted out. So in, in those situations, um, you know, in the example of say Transcona or St. B or Rossmere, um, you know, the, the club is fully responsible for all the operations. So maintenance pro shop, they take on all the costs, they take in all the revenue. Um, you know, they, they, they pay rents of a dollar to the city, but there is no cost to the city. They look after the land that the city owns and you know what, it's been a really good arrangement. It's, um, you know, they do, they do a bang up job out there and those are very popular golf courses. Um, at John Bloomberg, you know, it's, um, we have uh, Brian Campbell in there, who's also the owner and operator out at Whispering Winds of, of Warren. 
and he's done a really, really, you know, a really nice job of, uh, of bringing that golf course back basically from the dead. I mean, we, we had an unfortunate situation with the, with the former operator, um, you know, back in the, you know, around 2013, 2014, where the golf course was, um, um, you know, not in the, in, in the state that anyone hoped it would be in. And it had some significant problems with irrigation and the greens that were dying. And, and, um, you know, so we, we, we separated ways and we moved on to, uh, to a new operator and, it was always going to take some time to get that place back. You know, those, those types of improvements and, and those types of uh, a rebound of that nature doesn't happen overnight. So um, I think it's finally back in a, in a, in a state where, you know, people remember the way John Bloomberg used to play like that golf course is, is, has really come back nicely. And, and Brian deserves a lot of that credit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I can second that. I, I played it. Um, you know, many times over the last three years, I'm not sure what the first year that Brian and group took it over. Maybe it was that 2019, 2020. Uh, it would have been, uh, yeah, it actually would have been 2017. Okay. And even in the, in those first couple of years, you know, you know, we had to live through temporary greens and temporary tees and, mm-hmm. um, you know, some greens that were open, it was a half green. Um, there was significant work that was put back into the irrigation system so that that golf course could be properly watered. Um, so, you know, it, it just took a bit of time and, uh, you know, a, a lot of hard work, but, um, you know, that golf course is, is starting to look like John Bloomberg again. And so, uh, lots of good things happening out there. Yeah. Yeah. It has such a, a history that I didn't know of until, we started this podcast that, you know, they would hold, uh, you know, junior, am- uh, you know, junior events there. And uh, even manager was amateur it? qualifying there and your player ability test was all held. Uh, yeah. The Bloomberg player ability. Yeah. Test. yeah. Those, those two events particularly were held there just about every year, you know, in the late nineties, early two thousands, it was, you could count on um, the Manitoba amateur qualifier being a Bloomberg, uh, the playability test for sure. Um, you know, going back years, the Manitoba Open used to be held there. So, um, you know, it's, it's nice to have that golf course coming back for sure. Well, let's wind back the, the clock a little bit and how someone like yourself, I guess you're just passionate about golf said, Hey, I'm, you know, I'm going to take a job with the city. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, it's, uh, I, I actually, when I was, um, I guess I was 19, I, I got a student summer job at Kelowna Park Golf Course when I was in university and as a starter in the pro shop. So I would you know there would be two guys working in the pro shop and um, I'd be out at the first tee starter shack and I'd be, you know, assigning golf carts and uh, pull carts and getting groups out and pairing up twosomes and all that fun stuff. And uh, I mean, it was, I just immediately knew that, that I was in my element and I, I loved being there. I loved being at the golf course. And, uh, and we, you know, just thinking back on it now, we had such a great crew of guys and, and girls working there. Um, you know, I, actually one of your, uh, one of your former guests was, a was a coworker of mine at that time, Jamie Wilkie, you oh, know, what so a what a yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so lots of good memories with, uh, with him and, and with the other, with the other staff members. I mean, we would, you know, you come into work at uh, five 30 in the morning and, and work till one 30, have a bite to eat inside after, and then uh, head out and play 
And then uh, after the round of golf, it was, you know, it was whatever was happening that night, you know, back in the, in the bar hopping days and whatever night of the week it was. And then it was the same thing all over again the next day. And, you know, it was just some of the best memories um, that I, that I have. And then, you know, as, as the years would go on, I, I would return every summer and, you know, it would move uh, from the starter position into a pro shop position, eventually, um, you know, like a, a pro shop supervisor type role. And, and it, it, you know, it, it caught my eye that, you know, I, I started paying a little bit closer attention to uh, the management team within the city golf services. And I, I kind of thought, Hmm, you know, there, there might actually be a career path here. This is something that I'm passionate about and it combines, you know, um, government and politics and golf and, and recreation and, and all things that I was sort of interested in at the time. And, um, you know, fast forward a few years, I guess, to 2012, 2011, 2012, um, the golf operations coordinator position became in and that, and that's really, um, that role, you know, you're in charge of the staff in charge of programming. Um, it's a management type position, um, you know, kind of like the day-to-day operations guy, that position became available and I was lucky enough to get that and, uh, reported directly to the GM at the time. His name was Al Shane. And, um, you know, he was really, he was my boss and he was my mentor. He's, he's a, he's a friend of mine today. He's enjoying his retirement off in the sunset, playing golf, working at a golf course. So, um, so then when, when he retired in 20, let me think now, 28, 2017, uh, the general manager position was something that I, um, uh, you know, put my name in for and, and, uh, interviewed for and, and, uh, was lucky enough to land. And so I've been in this role now, um, you know, since 2018 and, and, um, I love it. I, I, I love what I do. And I have a really great team. Um, you know, from, from the management team that I work with Dave and Mike down to, uh, the seasonal staff out of the golf courses, we really just have a fantastic crew and, and, uh, really lucky that way. Do you have any city councilors banging on your door wanting free green fees? <laughs> you know they're they're actually pretty good about that i think they understand the role that they're in and how that might look but you know they i will say that name uh, names well no, okay. you know we 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 have arranged for some quote-unquote site inspections in the past so maybe we'll just leave it at that uh, <laughs> well, well if you know if you ever need me or jr to do some site inspections we're often free or um, yeah, or October like a, 5th, October 5th, when I'm down at Thermea, I could do uh, an inspection inspection there of Crescent drive, just to make sure they can close it down properly. Oh, Hey, you bet guys. Happy to have you <laughs> <laughs> on that That's, note. Do you pay green fees? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, cause you're, you're think, kind of uh, like, like the pro or like at any other course, if you're a general manager or pro, you just, that you get to go on for, for free. Yeah, I think that's pretty standard in the golf industry. I mean, if you're if you're an employee of a golf course, uh, you generally don't pay fees. I mean, there are certain restrictions in terms of when you can play and, and that type of thing. Obviously, the uh, at a private club, the members would have uh, would have priority, and and at our courses, uh, you know, the, the paying public has priority. So there are restrictions, but uh, we're pretty fortunate uh, when it when it comes to that for sure. 
Well, let's get into it. Uh, I want to talk a little bit about the uh, city golf leagues. I had read a little bit about that, but um, uh, you know, maybe yeah, give us the give us a lowdown on the on the golf leagues and how do we join? Yeah, well, we have. Um, you guys aren't ready for this yet, but there's uh, senior leagues Monday through Friday in the mornings. They're they're well well attended, um, well supported. And that's both at, uh, well, that's really at, at uh, Kildon and Windsor, Crescent Drive and Harborview, uh, which are the courses we operate. Um, a few years ago, we created evening leagues um, and really with the intent of promoting fun, inclusiveness, um, you know, we're, we're welcoming golfers of all different skill levels, people that are new to the game from, uh, you know, from people that are new to the game to the scratch golfer, right? So, um Mondays, Mondays are, are, are now ladies nights at Kildonan and Windsor and Thursdays we have a men's night, um, you know, and those leagues have grown significantly in popularity from 2017 when they were created. So, um, you know, I, I think that, uh, you know, it, we're not keeping score. We're not uh, posting scores. Handicaps aren't relevant. It's, um, you know, it's, uh, it's, it's go out and, and, and play with your buddies and, and play with your girlfriends and, um, you know, different competitions each night closest to the hole and straightest drive and food specials and drink specials and those types of things. And, um, they seem to be going pretty well. Is that something that, that you would coordinate or do you leave it in the hands of say the staff at each of the courses? Well, so we would, uh, we would come up with sort of the nuts and bolts of the league and, and, and the fees and the structure and how many weeks it would go. And then we sort of hand things over to um, the staff of the courses to run it on a weekend and week out basis and to communicate with the members of the leagues through email and that type of thing, uh, set up the weekly prizes, set up the competitions and that type of thing. So we would sort of uh, do the, the early structuring and, and creation of the league and then hand it over to the staff of the courses. Yeah, I think this has come up before in our uh, in the podcast, but municip- there's a municipal tournament, a yearly municipal tournament. Uh, can, can you tell us a little about that? Because that's Happy something I should Happy I to. should play in because I am well, I'm a, I'm a free agent. Well, you should you should absolutely be playing. I mean, I mean, this tournament, the Muni, as we as we call it, the Muni. Um, nice. You know, as, as uh, the, the the shrine, so to speak, for for the competitive amateur golfers in our province is the Manitoba Amateur, and and this really is the version of that for the less serious public player. Um, you know, it really it is. It's it's a tournament for public players who don't belong to a private or semi-private club. Um, it's run over two weekends every August, and we run it at Kildonan and Windsor and Bloomberg. Um, we generally get around 200 participants, you know, combined at, over the three courses. And, and we really do our best to treat them to, um, you know, up like a big tournament atmosphere. We announce names on the first tee. You know, there's a big tent set up. Uh, caddies are welcome. Spectators are welcome. Wow. We put a leaderboard on 18. Um, you know, we've got water, water stations, giveaways out on the golf course. Sunday evening after it's all done, we do prizes. Everybody comes in for a meal. Uh, we've got men's and women's divisions. It's it's really a lot of fun for the players and, and even for our staff to, to do something different over a couple of weekends. And then the second weekend, um, so week two of uh, the municipal term, we call the grand final. And this is made up of the top 30 finishers from that first weekend. So it's a bit, bit more of a competitive feel. 
Um, you know, it's most of the better players that are moving on to that second weekend. And we generally rotate the venue for the grand final back and forth between Windsor and Kildonan. But now that Bloomberg is, is uh, re, you know, making a comeback and, and, and looking good again, we'll probably include them back into that rotation. Cool. Cool. So it's, it's uh, yeah, 30, so it's, it's 36 holes, um, like a Saturday, Sunday thing. And then the next weekend is like an 18 hole grand final. Is that correct? Uh, close, close. It's 36 holes that first weekend. Yeah. 36 holes of stroke play and uh, it's flighted. So, you know, we'll have, uh, you know, the, I think the winner of this year, uh, was, I think it was one under par after 36 holes and, uh, but it's flighted. I mean, we have guys that, that shoot 110 and then 110 and, mm-hmm. and so everybody's eligible for prizes. And then that second weekend, uh, is, is, uh, the grand final. So for those, those top 30 finishers and that's 36 holes as well. Oh, cool. Right on. Wow. Sounds like a lot of fun. Yeah. I like the idea of flighted. That gives me a, it gives me a chance. I think JR won a flighted uh, championship one time. I won numerous flighted championships at the Assiniboine Golf and Country Club, the Royal Assiniboine Golf and Country Club, as we like (laughs) to to call it. And yes, thank goodness for, for handicaps. I pop my head out at the club championship every, every year. And sure enough, I won, I think two or three years in a row. The B or C flight. I forget what it was. Oh. Yeah, I was taking down 50 and 60-year-olds. <laughs> <laughs> Who's this young guy? And they saw me play a couple holes. and like, yeah, he's pretty shitty. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> story checks out. Yeah, story checks yeah, Handicap's and, good. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's awesome. Well, that sounds like a lot of fun. So I'll have to, I'll have to look for that coming up uh next year as i'm I'm sure it's already passed this year and uh, (laughs) the october invitational yeah (laughs) just before the snow comes i guess is that something then too that you decide uh, on as a city of when the golf courses say open and close or do you leave that again in the hands of the the staff that are on site oh yeah that would be a decision we would make uh as a management team and and we are getting closer uh unfortunately to the end of another golf season you know and this was uh this was a shorter golf season as we all know it was a wasn't the greatest spring i mean we we opened uh the public golf courses i think it was may 7th this year which was you know a full month later than 2021 so um yeah no we would uh you know, generally we, we really start looking to close right around and after Thanksgiving weekend. Um, and, and what we'll do too, depending on weather and depending on, uh, demand and you know, how the tea sheets looking, we'll, we'll look to close one or two and keep one or two open. Um, you know, but as we get into late October over at Windsor park, one of the things we do is we transition that, that entire facility, both clubhouse and golf course into a cross country ski facility. And so um, we have a relationship with the Windsor Park Nordic Center and the Cross Country Ski Association Manitoba. And they come in and, and they, it's, a full, it's a full-blown cross-country ski operation. We have um, trails that are professionally groomed. We have uh, lights that come on for, for evening and night skiing. Um, the clubhouse has turned into a, uh, a ski chalet, so to speak. And, uh, I mean, if you... I don't know if you guys are cross country ski. I'm, I'm not a cross country skier myself, but I have popped in there from time to time over the winter. And if, you know, you pop in there on a Saturday or Sunday and 
in January, February, and that parking lot is just as busy as it would be in June or July during a busy day at the golf course. So it's 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 quite a popular uh, quite a popular thing for people in the winter. Yeah, and again, something I didn't even think of or realize with. You know, talking about the Muni tournament, talking about all these leagues now that are starting to pop up uh, on the city courses, and now that—I mean, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I—I uh, I don't think I've been cross-country skiing in quite a while. I've done some snowshoeing, but uh, uh, I'll have to—we'll have to put that on the bucket list. We'll have to uh, take the freezer truck out to uh, <laughs> to go uh, cross country skiing. I saw one day there was a big sale. I think it was uh, it was at it must have been at Windsor Park, and it was like all used. Uh, it might have been all used like cross country ski, ski stuff, and the the whole clubhouse was full of uh, equipment. Maybe maybe I'm thinking. No, you're no, you're you're not wrong, Mike. It's uh, they they do it. I think they annually do it in November, kind of before the ski season, they call it their swap shop and people can come in and trade skis and sell skis and, and buy equipment and, and, and get ready for the upcoming ski season. So it's, uh, it's, that's exactly what you would have have come across for sure. Uh, maybe we will have to check that out. <laughs> I think we're going to have to go. I think we're going to have to do some cross country skiing, Mike. I think well, so. Those right. lights, I mean, those lights are really neat too. We, we actually, as a, as a, we took advantage of those lights last fall. I think it was, we, we caught a real beautiful night in early October last year. And we did a, a year end staff golf night at Windsor. Um, we turned the ski lights on, we waited till dark and we had a glow golf night with all the staff. We had, mm-hmm. uh, you know, the flags were glowing and the tee boxes had all the glow equipment and it was, um, it was a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. that sounds like a blast. We've been talking about glow golf, I think, since I know. episode one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it is. It's so fun. And you know what? I actually I can say that I've never actually gone glow golfing. There isn't a lot of courses that offer it. And I don't know if there's a reason for that. I think there I think uh, Glenn Mills, Millsy there at Assiniboine had kind of got into that. You know, it's it is costly to purchase those glow balls and get it all set up. And, uh, but if people are willing to, you know, buy their own glow balls, if you had a, an inventory of them, people could buy for the tournament, I don't know. And, and then make it happen that way, but we need more glow golf in the city. (laughs) Yeah, no, you know what? I don't disagree. It's, uh, that would have, that was my first, uh, first go at the glow golf experience. And, and I, it was way more fun than I thought it was going to be. I mean, we just had a blast and, and, uh, no, but no, but I, 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 I know where Millsy's coming from there. You know, the, just the resources involved, the liability involved with, uh, you know, there's greater chance for injury or for cart damage and that type of thing when it's, when it's dark outside, and, you know, you're looking at now, uh, having staff on into the wee hours of the morning as opposed to going home at nine o'clock at night. So I get that, but it's not to say that it, it can't be done. I mean, you know, especially with, uh, you know, I mean, uh, you know, with a golf course that has uh, the infrastructure in terms of lighting already in place. So, you know, stay tuned on that one. Well, and I maybe, yeah, I, I guess in my head, I was thinking like Crescent drive, let's put up some, uh, some stadium lighting and we can get some night golf going. Mm-hmm. Cause, uh, that always looks fun. Uh, obviously to invest that kind of money in, um, in 
courses that are only be, you know, they're only able to be open for five months and you're only going to be having night golf, maybe at closer to the end, unless you're midsummer playing, starting <laughs> night golf at 10 PM. I could see how that could be concerning, but uh, it just seems night golf just seems cool. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, oh, I definitely yeah. dig it. And also it could be one of those things too. We talked about it when we had Jared Ladbrook from golf Manitoba on earlier this season, how we had the golf Manitoba bingo card, maybe, right. maybe the city of Winnipeg, the city courses, the glow golf bingo card for the city. Courses. <laughs> there you go. The tour for the summer. I like where you're going with that. Yeah. So. We never, uh, we never did release that uh, bingo card. Maybe I will have to at the end of this year. And <laughs> It's a Google doc, isn't it? <laughs> it is. Yeah. By the way, shout out to Mike, his uh, Google docs and his spreadsheets. He is a master. So maybe there is some, maybe at city council, who knows? Maybe there's a future. For maybe, you there, maybe there is. Maybe your organization skills uh, outside the podcast are top notch. Outside the podcast. <laughs> Thank you. Yeah, the uh, the folks at home don't get to see my spreadsheets, but uh, yeah, we uh, Jr. is referencing a uh, a Jets ticket draft we recently did, and certainly some some macros involved in those spreadsheets. Yeah, it was it was very impressive. So shout out to you, Mike. And on the note of spreadsheet spreadsheets and stuff. So having worked at a Cinnaboy Golf Club, and knowing that the city still owned, I guess own that land do you have to deal with these lease agreements every year or is everything different to some pop up every two years do they pop up every five years are you the point person negotiating these things or how does that all go down yeah actually there's a number of them um that are are near um their expiry dates in the next anywhere from next year to 2025 other than Rossmere that uh, is under uh, their existing agreement until 2058. So nice. uh, don't, have, don't have to worry about them for a while, but <laughs> um, yeah, no, any, any time that uh, any time that the club is looking to, um, you know, uh, in, whether it's increase the term of their contract or do any sort of major capital work, they would, uh, you know, they would come to us and write to us and, and we would have a meeting with the club and we have, good relationships with all of them and we get along well with all of them. Um, when it comes to renegotiating, it's a bit of a process. Um, we would start with the club. So that would be myself and Dave Kamaski. And we would meet with, um, whether it's their general manager or their president, somebody on their board, um, you know, listen to what the needs of the course are and what their, what their, um, desires and aspirations are long-term, what they want to do, whether there's any major improvements they want to do or clubhouse renovations, major changes to the golf course. And we would take all that into consideration, um, you know, eventually land on, on what makes sense for the city and for the club. And we would uh, then bring in the real estate department of the city who would uh, assist with drafting up an agreement. That agreement would go forward to city council for consideration and uh, ultimately voted on at council. So it, it's certainly, um, you know, it, it's not a it's not a quick process. Uh, we're, we're actually negotiating with a couple of the clubs right now. And it's, you know, it's an ongoing process. It's, it's the back and forth game. Um, you know, once we get to, um, once we get to a point of generally agreeing on what those terms would look like, it then goes to the legal department at the city 
gets circulated through a number of different departments and uh, ultimately lands at city council for a final vote. Yeah. See, I had no idea. I just said, Hey, we're golfing again. It's a new year. We're golfing. Generally city councils, you know, it, it, at least under the last administration under mayor Bowman has been very supportive of golf. Um, you know, that, that's not to say that there aren't members of city council that, um, you know, don't necessarily see golf as a top priority, but many are very supportive. Um, Mayor Bowman did announce a while back now that he would not be uh, seeking a, a third term and, and would not be running for re-election. And so, you know, we're, we're a month away now from uh, municipal election and, and uh, we'll have a new mayor and a new city administration and, and largely probably a new, uh, you know, at least a few new members on city council. So there, there's, you know, a little bit of unknown on what that looks like for us going forward. But, um, you know, what I, if, if, uh, if the last eight years are any, any indication of what might be going forward, I think we're in pretty good shape. Yeah, it certainly sounds like it. And, and I think we can uh, say confidently, Mike, that 18 over par is pro golf. So make sure you find that candidate that is pro golf from the 18 over par lobby group. <laughs> this mansion, this, this message is sponsored by, <laughs> but, but even uh, on, on, on that front, I, it's, it's mind boggling to think of all the stuff that it goes through to just get, you know, these, these golf courses going. And I think I even saw pre COVID that there was maybe a chance or they were looking at potentially divesting the city was 30% of the properties or somewhere like that, or at least getting an idea of maybe turning them into green spaces or something. I don't know where that sits now, but I'm pretty sure I saw that in the report that Mike dug up. Yeah. Um, you've got it again. Um, there was a recommendation, um, through city council that, um, that city staff look at, um, options for repurposing up to 30% of golf course lands. Um, however, it's important to note that that doesn't include selling off golf courses or developing. So really and truly repurposing. And, you know, does that mean uh, that at any given property, there's room for some other type of recreation, some different type of green space? Um, would it mean that it makes sense to turn one of the 18 hole courses into a nine. Um, you know, that's not something that I'm in favor of, but, uh, so, so anyways, the, the city went out and, and hired, um, a firm to perform that study. And, um, you know, that, the, the, uh, golf courses were looked at, they came out on site, they took everything into consideration. Um, the report was ready to go to council and, um, and then council actually earlier this January um, had a decision to make on whether or not to sell John Bloomberg. And that was, um, that was voted down actually quite strongly. 13 to three was the vote against the sale. And so after that was decided, um, we added John Bloomberg to that study. And uh, so that took place this summer. And so we expect that, that repurposing reports, um, to make its way to a new city council after the election. So sometime this winter. 
Oh, that's cool. So then are you the one, uh, I know you mentioned there's an outside firm, but are you the one actually compiling it and putting it it forward? Does that fall under your tasks or your to-do list? Yeah, that would be a, a joint effort between myself and the manager of real estate. And so that's a report that we'll co-author that we'll write together. Uh, there'll be a real estate element uh, in the report and also a golf perspective as well. And that report would go to city council. And it's not, it's not really for any major decision-making. It's more for their information. It's here's an FYI, here's an FYI report on what's possible on some of this land. So that's really all it is. You'll see Mike, and I, Mike out there, Mike and I out there golfing on it. <laughs> right. <laughs> I want to, I want to mention as, as JR was uh, saying that there's a possibility that they could have sold 30% of that land. He was crying and uh, pretending I something, was. pretending I something's was. in his eye, but well, uh, knowing that's where my career started. If it went down, Oh boy, he was getting, would have been hell to pay. <laughs> Here come the waterworks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, that's good. I'm glad uh, that turned out favorably and, and hopefully uh, in the future. And I'm, and I'm sure, um, you know, as that last report came out that we read, I think it was pre, obviously pre pandemic. And I'm sure some of those numbers, uh, would you say have improved since then, as far as making your presentation a little bit better to, to city council coming forward. Oh man. Yeah, no, we, we've, uh, we've, we've certainly enjoyed uh, the last couple seasons for sure. 2020 and 2021 were, were two of the best years that uh, we've had as an operation, both in terms of rounds played and financially. I mean, I, I think that that, you know, that, that probably goes for a lot of golf courses out there. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I, I, I'm, I'm not quick to give all the credit to COVID though. I mean, we, we did see our numbers starting to rise pre pandemic, you know, 17 into 18, 18 into 19. We, we were starting to see an increase in rounds. Now, you know, that would probably single digit percentage wise. So 4%, 6% increase, that type of thing, which in, which in the golf industry is a really positive trend. And then you get into the pandemic, which nobody saw coming. And all of a sudden we're up 27%, 42% and just these crazy numbers. Right. So there's no doubt that, uh, that uh, the last couple of years have been awesome for the sport and for the industry. And, um, you know, the big question, the big question coming into this year or, you know, whenever, whenever we got into a post pandemic state was what type of retention would there be? And uh, what we're seeing based on our numbers, like rounds are down this year compared to last year, but they're still up from 2019, right? Which was the last pre pandemic off year we had. So really that's pretty good considering, you know, a month later, opening yeah typically most courses would be open in april regardless of any year this one has just been wacky well it has been and and even when we did open jr when we opened in in may uh there was some spring flooding we weren't able to open full 18 holes at windsor or Kilbourne because of flooding so we were opening with modified layouts right 14 holes 15 holes which is you know i mean let's let's be honest it's not everybody's favorite track to play if you have to play a 14 hole layout, but we were able to get open. Um, and, um, you know, so, so I, I think that, I think that what we're seeing is, um, the drop this year is, is more to do with that late opening and the poor spring weather than it has to do with any sort of, uh, post pandemic, um, people not playing golf anymore. 
Yeah, mm-hmm. we certainly see it. Just to, even in in our little social community of like, I didn't know this person golfed. I didn't know that person golfed. And the amount of rounds they're putting together is astonishing. And it also, uh, I think, goes to show for a lot of the the workplaces in the summer of what their employees are doing. We're on the golf course. Let's be honest. <laughs> or maybe I'm only speaking for Mike, but uh, I can't say that my boss listens to this show. <laughs> yeah. The, uh, the quote unquote working from home era certainly had its, uh, its yeah. benefits to the golf industry for sure. <laughs> Perhaps, uh, adding Wi-Fi at the course, uh, could help, uh, <laughs> increase increase the amount of people golfing but uh, that was a joke matt levins from team lefty he'd soak that up he's always looking for that free wi-fi he certainly is (laughs) shout out to team lefty free wi-fi matt we call him um (laughs) now we do anyways but uh well that's pretty cool and then I, i saw the par loyalty program i wanted to bring that up can you tell us a little bit about that because i i didn't know about this so the part loyalty program is uh, it's a program that we created uh, back in 2016 i want to say now yeah so wow it's been five or six years now and really what it is is it's a loyalty program um it's not all that different than the punch card system it's just a different method of that um, it's free to join. So you join the par loyalty program and you get a par card is what we call them points and rewards is the acronym. And uh, wow. you can join. Oh, that's a pretty good, good, very good at acronyms. Isn't that that's next level creation. For sure. uh, and you sign up at one of the, uh, the courses, one of the municipal courses. Is that how, or you can go online and sign up? Yeah, or? no. So you can, you can sign up, uh, through our website. You can sign okay. up directly at Kildonan, Windsor or Crescent. And what happens is you get each time you pay for a green fee, you get points, um, that get loaded onto your card. And then once you, once you reach a certain benchmark of points, you get to redeem those points for a free round of golf and it's interchangeable between the three courses. So if you play two games at Kildonan and then three at Crescent and four at Windsor, those points all accumulate and you can redeem uh, as you see fit, or you can continue to let them build. And maybe by the end of the year, you're treating your whole force and tour around. I mean, whatever, whatever you want to do. So uh, it's been well received. It, it, we have over 15,000 members of the program and um, yeah, it's, you know, it, it's really not a whole lot different than, um, you know, air miles or, or, you know, getting gas at co-op, that type of thing. Yeah, no That's good. Ads. apparently safeway canceled their air miles uh you can't use air miles there anymore they won't they won't they don't give you something uh, went on there they got rolled into something else i don't know what's going on with loyalty programs but we do we do now about the par yeah par sticking around um that's cool we'll have to do that because winnipeggers love free stuff and uh you know getting a free round of golf everyone likes that but uh how many i how many users how many people are on the uh, par par program <laughs> yeah I don't, I don't i don't know the exact number but i i think we're we're over fifteen thousand members of that program That's you know which good. is a, is a pretty pretty big number you know it, it accumulates year after year but uh um you know, every year we get people coming in that have lost their cards, but we can, you know, we, we, we purchase new POS systems, um, 
uh, right around that same time it was actually one of the reasons we were able to create the program. Um, and, you know, we can easily look people up and they have customer profiles. Um, we were able to introduce uh, online gift cards can be purchased any time of year. So it's one of the, nice. one of the uh, promotions we'll run over the Christmas season is to purchase a, a golf services gift card. Mom, if, mom, if you're listening, uh, <laughs> give me a gift card. <laughs> <laughs> and a Kirkland cool. putter. I got one of those. I don't use it. And if anyone's looking for a Kirkland putter, it's for sale. Um, but that ties into the the app. That was, I think, I saw the ad. Maybe it was on one of the uh, T box um, advertisement uh, signs. But I, I didn't know there was an app. Um, and yeah, it, looked, it seems like it's there's a lot of things you can do with this app. So it's the Winnipeg Golf Courses app, uh, which you can download for your iPhone or your Android through the uh, through the App Store. And uh, it's uh, we we had uh, Gallus Golf, based out of San Diego, create the app for us. And I think they they have a relationship with a few other courses around town. Um, yeah, I know it's it's super user friendly. It's it, like I said, it's free to download. Uh, you keep your score. There's daily leaderboards. So you can you can uh, check out uh, your buddy shot and beat him later on his round or her. <laughs> <laughs> you know, it's there's GPS uh, GPS for yardages. Um, there's uh, discounts, push notifications. It's a good way for us to communicate with golfers. Um, you know, maybe we get a bad weather day or a frost delay. Um, we'll send out a push message in the morning and you get the notification on your phone that uh, tea times are delayed by an hour because of frost or whatever the case. So it's, it's actually worked out really well. Yeah. I saw last minute deals was one of the things. So I'm sure you guys maybe send out a notification on a, maybe a discounted green fee. If, if the tea sheet is open. Exactly. Yeah. We do things like that. If um, you know, holiday Mondays are typically hit and miss. They're either really busy or really slow, just depending on, you know, if it's a beach day or a cabin weekend or whatever. So that might be an example of uh, a period of time where we would offer uh, sort of a last minute discount on tea times in the afternoon, um, that type of thing. And we would do that through that notification method. I like, I like a deal. I like deals. I like, I, I forget who said it. Maybe it was Al, Al McLean, Albatross, Al. He said he was a thrifty golfer and I, I can, I can relate to that. I have, I'm a thrifty golfer, especially later in the season, early in the season. I'll, you know, I'll, I front load my budget and then spend a lot of money on, on teas, tea times. And then I'm like, Oh, I gotta get these cheaper tea times in. But, uh, well, speaking of uh, Mike real quick, how is the shoulder doing? Cause uh, it's been yeah. a couple of weeks since uh, we, we last chatted uh, on the podcast here, just to let our faithful listeners know how you are doing. Well, thank you, Jr. I know you're you're very concerned, and I there's been uh, flowers placed on my doorstep with <laughs> kind notes from our listeners. <laughs> Black roses, those are from me. <laughs> oh crap! Um, his shoulder still hurts, and I, I, I'm I didn't think it would uh, I didn't think it'd be this long to rehab it. I have been trying to do my physio exercises as. Uh, as frequently as possible. I was, I was at Clear Lake last week and I was going to try and swing out there. There was a beautiful Saturday fall day and, uh, 
went for a hike instead, but maybe, uh, maybe this week, hopefully, hopefully the season goes into like November and, uh, and we can get some golf. In. Um, you can come but, to Crescent uh, drive and Thermaea with me. There you go. Get your rehab in. That's right. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that's right. Well, I, I had one quick question. Actually, Mike, you might, I might be mowing your lawn here. Um, but I know you probably have a, a few more before we jump into the back nine lightning round. But Ben, do you have a handicap? Do you have an index yeah, right well, now? No, I, I stopped keeping it a few years back. I, I was on the Golf Canada app and obviously back when I was a junior, I would keep it religiously. But, uh, um, you know, I, I, I got down to a 0.7 was the lowest wow. I ever got. Oh, um, you know, so I was playing. Yeah, I was, you know, I was playing some pretty good golf for, uh, you know, in my 20s and, uh, not, not, not necessarily the same type of scores I'm shooting anymore, but uh, <laughs> sounds like Ben. Sounds here. like Ben's got game. No kidding. <laughs> you and Wilkie going head to head. Yeah. Yeah. You know, we uh, we played quite a bit back when we were working at Kildon, and then you know, there's I, I have a quick story about Wilkie. Um, you know, we were playing. It actually was about this time of year, and. Um, it was, you know, a cold kind of gloomy fall day and we're on the 16th tee at Kildonan long par three, uh, you know, probably playing 230 yards that day. And he, he wasn't really taking it that serious that day. He was just kind of, you know, casually playing and hitting a few shots and he sort of strolls up onto the tee box and no tee just throws his ball down on the tee deck and, you know, it's, uh, like I said, it's plus five outside. There's a breeze into us. And he, he says, watch this, Benny, you know, and, <laughs> you know, <laughs> and he pulls out his three iron and he hit this, just this beautiful, low piercing draw to about 10 feet and, uh, steps up there, makes the putt. And it, I, I just looked over at our, the other guys in our group. And I said, you know, that that's the shot we don't have, you know, it's just <laughs> next level stuff. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Yeah, I, I can't remember. Uh, that's that's pretty funny story. That was a good impression you had there. <laughs> I think we're just going to take that clip and I'm going to use it as a hot key now and just so <laughs> I just keep on pressing the button. Put it on. Put it on loop. Yeah. It'll, uh, <laughs> it'll go viral. Yeah. Um, what was I going to say? Oh, uh, Wilkie. Yeah, I think his low round. I think one of his low rounds was at Kildonan. Maybe uh, it was like 65 or something crazy, I thought. I actually think it was even lower than that. Okay, yeah. Yeah, yeah. because I, I, like my low round at Kildonan is 63. Wow. Uh, but, uh, you know, I mean, I've just played hundreds of rounds there, so I pretty much know every inch of that golf course. Yeah, yeah. And my low round is at Kildonan. Mm-hmm. Uh, it was a 78. I think it was, it was in April of, uh, maybe 2020. Yeah. You started and, off that year hot. Yeah. And it's cause Bloomberg opened that on like March 16th or something. So I got a good head start, <laughs> uh, but, uh, I was, you know, what I was mad about is I couldn't enter it into golf Canada because, or didn't count to my handicap because our playing season in Manitoba doesn't start until like mid May or beginning of May. And I, I didn't even know that you, you couldn't count games prior to that. And uh, it just didn't really make sense to me, but, uh, and then I think it ends probably, I don't know, end of September, mid October. I'm not sure the exact dates it says on golf Canada, but. Uh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, we, 
you know what, Mike, we get a, we get a lot of complaints coming our way and there's a lot of things we can control. That's not one of them. I'll, you know what? You, you called Jared over at Golf Manitoba about that one. <laughs> I, think, I didn't bring that up to him, but we did bring up that the, the Bloomberg nine needs to be uh, uh, re rescored or whatever they do. Uh, re-rated. Uh, re-rated. Yeah. I don't, I don't know if they did that, but um anyways we'll have to we'll get jared on next year and grill him again (laughs) (laughs) um as far as uh well we got any more questions yeah we we touched on a lot here i like this because usually usually i got a thousand more questions but just we touched on earlier just junior camps so if people are looking for junior camps they can find them in the leisure guide i I would uh, guess that the camps are over for the year, but maybe uh, spring next year, everyone should start looking and get their kids booked into these uh, municipal junior camps. Yeah. We, it, the program that we have today is, is not all that different than the program that you were in when you were a junior. Um, you know, we, we, we partner with the folks over at the leisure guide. Um, they sort of run the programming and, and we host the camps. Um, there is a pro that gives instruction. And, uh, like you said, it, it, it generally starts with, uh, with a lesson and, and some, some basic, uh, fundamental tips on, on, on how to learn to start playing the sport. And then you go out and you play some golf You come in and you have a lunch and you generally finish, um, you know, at the nearest pool. So for Kildonan, it, it works really well, obviously with the golf course and the pool and the park. And, uh, yeah, I think they're generally a week or two long and, and they run a couple of different times throughout the season. Um, we've actually started conversations with golf Canada and golf Manitoba about being a member of the first T program, um, next year, which in, in 2023 will be new in our province. And, and we think that uh, our facilities are uh, a good candidate to be part of that program because it, it really caters and, and aims towards helping, um, underprivileged youth, um, get a start in the game. So those discussions will continue over the, over the winter season. And hopefully that's something that we'll be able to, uh, to tell you guys more about next year. Awesome. Yeah. That sounds wow. really exciting. That's always something I was big in. And even now is just getting the, getting the youngsters in the game. You know, there's, there's all these other sports where they have, uh, you know, the opportunities to go out and, and do that or city programs to do that sort of thing. And, you know, it's nice to see golf, maybe getting that attention now and getting some of those people out there on the course. Yeah. And that's exactly what, uh, what we're aiming to do. You know, I, there's, um, our facilities are, are a bit, um, behind in terms of being able to, um, help host a junior program on, on a, uh, you know, sort of a regulation practice facility. Like we don't have driving ranges other than a John Bloomberg at the courses we fully operate. Um, you know, but we do have practice, we have practice putting greens and, and we're not opposed to doing things like closing down the first hole at night and, and giving lessons out there and, and having uh, kids and parents uh, go out and play a few holes and learn that way. So there, there's always a way to uh, introduce the game and to make it fun and to give some instruction. Yeah, well, that's fantastic. Fantastic to hear that that's uh, some coming. You heard it here first. You did. <laughs> <laughs> you did yeah uh, you, you talked about yeah you talked about the uh the juniors and then going to the pool after i i think i think we can make an argument 
we'll go to Crescent Drive, play nine holes, and then hit the spa, go for a schwitz and a oh, yeah. and a, and a and a beer or whatever. They got some great food over there at Thermia. Yeah, that would be uh, like an eighteen and over program for sure. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I'll sign up in the leisure guide for that one. <laughs> I'm sure Thermia would love to have all us Muni golfers. <laughs> there it'd be like uh it'd be like the caddy day at the pool at the from caddy shed and we all jump jump in the pool oh man what a sight that would be (laughs) oh yeah there's a there's a babe ruth in the pool or whatever anyways i uh i i'll let you that's that was most of my questions i'll i'll feather in some in our, our back nine Right on. Well, let's get into it then. It's the back nine lightning round. It is for Bryce Matlaszewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. He also has his information in our podcast show notes. So one click, you can email him if you don't want to talk to him on the phone. Mm-hmm. Just email him your handicap or a, a video of your swing and uh, he'll... Uh criticize you or compliment you and then <laughs> and give you some uh some financial advice at the same time uh so ben uh you got a nickname uh you know what most of my my friends and buddies they just call me benny you know benny. nothing nothing too crazy but that's that's generally what uh that's what i hear name. i like benny benny's good benny uh, and the Jets. Have, that's right have you ever got a hole in one you know what? I don't have one. And I get asked that question a lot. And I'm almost, I'm almost embarrassed to say that I don't have one because there's so many people that do and golfers of all different skill levels that do. But, uh, no, you know what? I, I witnessed one, uh, one of my, one of my close friends, uh, we were playing grand pines and, and uh, it was the seventh hole, which is a part three, obviously. And he hit a beautiful shot and saw it go in and, uh, we don't remember much after that, but I do remember the whole one. <laughs> is that oh, the seventh hole? I'm thinking of a different one. I was going to say, is it over a pond? No, that, I think you, you, that that's uh, that's fourteen. Yeah, we have a we have a cabin out that way, so I know the golf course really well. You're, you're thinking of fourteen. Seven is on the front nine. It's uh, I think it's about one eighty five type type deal. Nice. So, so no, I don't have one, but uh, hopefully sooner than later. We is there many is there many holes and ones at Crescent Drive? You know, not as many as you think, given the length of the holes. I mean, yeah. the, as you know, Mike, those those are some tiny greens. They're like uh, up, upside down saucers, right? So they, yeah, you know, I mean, uh, the green some of the greens are thirty five hundred square feet, which is really small, and 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 even within the surface, you know, there's there's only so much space where the ball won't roll off the side. So. Yeah. There's not as many as you think, but I, we we probably get anywhere from uh, oh, I'd say fifteen to twenty at, at all the courses combined throughout a season. Mm. That's pretty good. Yeah, yeah. Oh, just uh, I'm just reminiscing about Crescent Drive and some of the tree placements there are insane. That so much so that it's a we'll call it a 170, 180 yard hole with a mm, I don't know like a hundred foot tree in front of the green and I'm like how am I supposed to hit it that far and get it that high and allow it to drop onto this screen but it yeah, sometimes it happens there's definitely some interesting tree placements out there and 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 one of your former guests and 
and uh, and, I, and a guy we've worked with closely on some of our on-course renovations, Tyler Kearns, is dead against trees and fairways. <laughs> so, <laughs> you know, it's it's not something you'll see in any any type of modern golf course design. But uh, you know, for what Crescent Drive is, it it's kind of unique. It is, and it's fun. It's good to challenge ourselves. Absolutely, I, yeah. It's it's pretty fun. Um, what would be your preferred golf ball brand or model? You know what? I'm I'm, I'm a Titleist Pro V guy. Um, I, I just uh, I would say that the strength of my game is probably my short game. So I really like the way the ball reacts around the greens. You know, chipping and putting and that type of thing. So definitely a Pro V guy. There you go. No free ads. <laughs> That's something I should uh, I should chart the uh, manufacturer usage amongst the guests. Yeah, um, not a bad idea. See, last year I charted the, uh, the condiments. The condiments, yeah. Um, next one here. What is your favorite course to play in Manitoba? Well, I, I guess I have to go with Clear Lake. Um, Ooh. I don't know that is that that's probably a popular answer on this podcast. I'm guessing it is. Mm-hmm. It is not as much. I found this year as previous no. years, but there's certainly been at least four, maybe three people that have yeah. said it. Well, we have, uh, uh, early in June, we have a, uh, a guy's golf trip that we, we go out there and there's, there's two or three groups of us that go out and, you know, there's, there's just something about, getting out of the city and it, you know, it's almost like there's a different smell out there. And, um, it just, it just feels different out there. And, you know, it, it's, it's also a fun golf course to play. It's, you know, it's fairly forgiving in a lot of spots and obviously 17 is a fun hole to play with the drop and, uh, clear Lake is definitely up there for me. Mm-hmm. That's something that would Chris brought up one of the last week or the week before there uh, that you're getting, he likes it. Like, those uh, lake courses because you gotta you gotta take vacation you're on the weekend it's not like you're working right before the round or you know you get off work and you're playing the course you're out there vacationing already relaxing and then you get to golf so it kind of already got a head start yeah it's a great spot and and there are there are a number of others too i mean obviously uh, similar type feeling out at falcon and granite hills um, you know, I, I, I enjoy the Steinbach flying golf course. It's, it's always in mint shape and I enjoy the layout there. Um, yeah. So, I mean, there's a, there's a lot of, uh, we're lucky. There's a lot of gems definitely in our province. What about, uh, what's your favorite, we'll say city course. And we can include the, the, all of them under the umbrella, if you will, if you want to, incorporate some of the leased properties as well well i have a soft spot for kilonan um you know it's it, i played there as a kid sort of pre rossmere days i played there with my dad and with my grandpa and uncles and that type of thing and um it, it's just uh, it's a it's a super fun golf course to play you know once you can hit the ball a certain length there's a number of drivable par fours and Mm-hmm. And uh, so it's, I would definitely say killed on. And although I, you know, the staff at Windsor and Crescent and Harborview are probably going to let me hear about that, but no, I'll, uh, I'll stick with killed on for now. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Next time you're out there, they're going to put some nasty pin placements out there. For you. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Kildonan has a, they, you mentioned it earlier, the patio. They had a nice patio out there too. We had, we enjoyed some, some local beers on the patio there uh, when I was there last. And, and that was great. Yeah. Well, the patio is, is newer. It's, it's not brand new anymore, but it's probably five or six years old. And, and it's all part of, it's all part of a, a, a bigger vision of what we're trying to do. Like we, we're really trying to get away from the stuffy side of the game and, we want to make our courses fun. And anytime I'm at Kilmonen, which is, you know, pretty frequently multiple times a week, I'll, I'll pop in there on my way home from the office and see how things are going. Anytime I walk in the pro shop, the first thing I do is I always turn up the sound system on the patio. The staff kind of look at me like, what are you doing? I turn it up. Like, let's, you know, let's get the tunes going and make sure everybody's having a good time. And we encourage people to turn their Bluetooth speakers on the golf course and, you know, we've got a pretty casual dress code. And so it, it's all about fun and, and, uh, you know, having a, having a good afternoon or, or evening or morning out at the golf course. Right on. That's cool. DJ Benny. <laughs> <laughs> at the killer DJ Benny at, on the ones and twos at the, at the killer. Or what did, uh, Pete, Pete Moore called it the monster. The monster. <laughs> there you go. It's, uh, uh, you got a bucket list course in Manitoba that you want to get out to you? You never played before? Um, there's two. I, I, I haven't played Oak Island and I haven't played Gilbert Plains. Um, and I, I've heard great things about both. Um, so, so those would definitely be at the top of my list for sure. Right on. Yeah. Yeah. Too many, too many people haven't been out to Oak Island. You got to get out there and, uh, Gilbert Plains too. That came up a lot last year. I still yet to get out to Gilbert shamefully. Um, we gotta, we gotta rent a bus one weekend and just again, I can't. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know what? Save me a seat on that bus. Cause I'd love to play both of those golf courses. It, yeah. it uh, you know, I think there was, uh, I, I don't, I don't remember which event, but I, I, I want to say there was a golf Manitoba event at Oak Island this year. Mm-hmm. Um, there was a couple guys that play our courses that were in that event and they were just raving about it. So heard nothing but good things. Yeah. We'll have to get the uh, 18 over par freezer truck tour and just go. We'll do golf tours. That'll be our, our off season thing. <laughs> Sell some spots on the bus. Our off season thing. So we'll go there and. <laughs> We'll go we'll in there, go there. And we'll walk the courses, get our yardages. You can put your yardage <laughs> together, your, your cross country <laughs> skis. Yeah. yeah. Um, great, what prices. Would be, uh, great prices. So good. Great place. Go there. <laughs> uh, what would be uh, the most memorable course that you've ever played? Do you do any golf tourism or keep it close to home? Um, I would say TPC Scottsdale. Um, we did a, a, a family family vacation there uh, a few years ago. We were, we, you know, we were there in August, which is an interesting. Whoa! <laughs> so um, we got a we got a super great uh, deal on on playing at that time of year because that obviously is, right. I mean, that's their off season. I think it was. It was 43 degrees Celsius when we teed off. 
Holy and we teed off at 9 a.m. Right. So, um, but you know what, for, for August and, you know, for that being their off season, the course was just in fantastic shape. The greens were super fast as you would expect them to be. Right. Um, they, you know, they, it, it, it would have been fun to play with, uh, with the stands and everything set up. That wasn't the case obviously with the off season, but, uh, no, I mean, it was, uh, I think by, so I played with my dad and my brother-in-law and, and a friend of mine. And, uh, by about the 15th hole, my dad was just about ready to pass out and, uh, they've got a number of water stations out on the golf course. And, you know, it, it was no longer uh, filling up your, your bottle to drink water. It was dumping it over your head and just trying yeah. to get, <laughs> no, but, uh, no, call that a, we call that a hog wash. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So that was, that was definitely memorable. Um, you know, I, I put that one right up there for sure. That's cool. That's great. Was it green or was it, uh, was it like a, was it, is grass a little bit dead at, at that temperature? Or yeah, I, I think, well, it was, you know, the fairways were green. I, I, I don't know whether they had overseeded already at that point of year, mm-hmm. probably not in August, but, uh, but maybe given the tournament yeah. is, is generally held in January or February, but, uh, the fairways were green, but the, I mean, there's a lot of, you, you definitely know that you're in the desert when yeah. you're out there. I know. I bet uh, TPC has a decent irrigation system. Oh. Well, for sure. <laughs> Obviously, state of the art and uh, pretty cool uh, clubhouse area too. They have uh, sort of this uh, uh, champions area of the former uh, former winners of the waste management. And uh, if you remember years and years ago, when Tiger when Tiger played in his earlier days, he had. Uh, was it 14 or 15, the par five on the back nine, his second shot from, from the waste area. And he had that large boulder in front of his ball. And there were a number of fans in the gallery that came and moved the boulder. Mm -hmm. So in that spot, there's a, there's a plaque that, uh, that highlights that moment. So that's kind of a neat thing too. And then on 16, which is obviously the party hole and the famous hole, right? 16 at the waste management. um, They have a, they have a nice sort of uh, memorial area of uh, like a large plaque that uh, everyone that's recorded a hole in one during the tournament. So cool. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, uh, I, rem- I think JR's played it. I played it. Uh, JR played it with the scaffolding up. I think we I did. Yeah. Two weeks before, two weeks before the but, tournament, uh, I was out there with uh, my father-in-law and former, I think world series MVP, maybe Don Trell Willis from the Florida Marlins. Wow, Dontrell Willis was out there. I know, I didn't know you. I, I didn't. Oh, that's I didn't, cool. I did not know that. Yeah, he uh, <laughs> he gave me the helpful insight uh, to make sure that I take pictures of him and of myself on the golf course. He's like, so the wife knows we aren't cheating. Shout out to Dontrell. Shout out, he's a big listener of the show. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, Good friends with Shane Doan, apparently. Wow, and that's another uh, that's another interesting tidbit. Did not know that <laughs> Shane Doan, big listener of the pod. Um, <laughs> well, this one we we oh wait, your bucket list course anywhere in the world. Um, well, I mean, I, you know, I, am I allowed to say Augusta? I mean, I, you know, it doesn't seem like anybody ever gets to play there, but <laughs> that's that's certainly right up right at the top of the list. Um, I haven't been to the Masters yet. I, I intend to go. That's something I will do at some point in my life. 
Um, I would just love to get there and, and be a part of the tournament week. And, uh, you know, I, I know a number of people that have gone and, and everybody says you got to go. So that's something I certainly intend to do. Um, and then I, you know, I think, you know, I, I think, you know, probably St. Andrews for the history and, you know, the open was there this past summer and everything that that course means to golf and the history there and, you know, getting a, a picture on the bridge on 18 would be cool. And, and, and that type of thing. So those would, I think Augusta and, and St. Andrews would be right at the top for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I, that'd be, that'd be great. Show, uh, Sandy Kurseva, he always had the chance to go to Augusta through, I think he said, was it club car? Club car. Yeah. So Ben, all well, you gotta ought to do is just order a bunch of club cars and they'll bring you. <laughs> well, <laughs> don't even get me started because that's, that's exactly what we've done. Um, we've got, you know what, Mike, we've got a, a brand new fleet of 120 electric club cars coming next year. Oh, um, brilliant. But listen, in my, in my role at the city and, and everything that comes with that, we, we aren't allowed to be accepting gifts and trips and that type of thing. So I'll, uh, I'll, I'll grab a bag of popcorn and, and look for Sandy on TV. <laughs> yeah, well, I think those years have passed for Sandy, but, uh, you can, you can, uh, reference us or you can give your, your master's tickets to us. Yes, we totally take them. <laughs> we accept gifts. Yes, we will strictly ride in club car golf carts. One of the no. best carts in the world. No free ads. <laughs> uh, and then I'll add it to that. I know you mentioned St. Andrews. Uh, JR, we got we to gotta give a shout out to uh, Roy Munson there. Brett Monson on last year guest. He's out in Ireland right now. I saw he's doing seven courses in like nine days or maybe it's seven courses in seven days. And there's 12 guys out there. He was posting on his story today. Uh, was it Bally Bunyan? Yeah. Bally Bally Bunyan. And man, was it windy and rainy. And I was like, yeah, yeah, that's golf. That's authentic. Uh, UK golf or Ireland golf, no longer part of the UK. (laughs) We don't got to get into that. Lots of, uh, Royalists, uh, and we get mad at us or anti-royalists. Uh, moving on, we kind of touched on this, your career low round. So you, you mentioned that was at uh, KP. Yeah, I was um, 63. Um, I've killed on and I've actually shot it three times. Wow. Um, but uh, that was all well, 15 or 20 years ago when, when I was playing the game at a a little bit of a different level that I'm playing now. So, you know, now it's, um, uh, last year I shot even par ground pines, you know, so that's about as, that's about as good as it'll get now. If, that's if pretty good. Are, yeah. If things are working well and, and everything's clicking, that's about as good as it'll get, but it's, you know, it's mid to high seventies, generally speaking, um, in terms of the state of my game these days. Hmm. Maybe you should be competing in these, uh, the municipal, the muni, the year, yeah. the annual muni. <laughs> Maybe that's well, a co- conflict of interest. Up, yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's uh, actually our, our staff of the city aren't allowed to play. Um, it's, uh, it's, it's for the, it's for the pain public. And, and so we, we're happy to host. That's good. We're ha- that's happy. I'm happy for you. Maybe, uh, a Golf Canada uh, event or um, Golf Manitoba. Mm-hmm. 
Um, this is my wild card question, and uh, it's, it, you don't have to answer it. And more so, your thoughts on this with the and we touched on it earlier is a mayoral civic election coming up. What do you think about a, a mayoral candidate golf tournament? And not to determine the mayor, but more so just it's almost like a debate. And then we get to see the uh, potential mayor's golf skills. I think it'd be kind of fun. Oh, I think that's a great idea. And we, we'd have to do it fairly quickly. Um, yes. We'll get, yes. get them out there on a frigid morning out of Kelowna or Windsor and uh, watch them hit a, you know, hit a, a thin four and, you know, on a plus plus three morning, you know, it would be uh, kind of an interesting thing to watch, but uh, yeah, you know, it, it's, it's kind of an interesting race this year um, with uh, obviously with Mayor Bowman uh, not running and not seeking reelection. There's what is there 10 or 11 candidates now that are left and uh, seems to be pretty wide open. It's funny, you know, I, you know, be- before I, um, you know, before I, I got deeper into my career with the city. I didn't pay any attention at all to any sort of local politics or couldn't, couldn't name one person on city council. And, and now as I've uh, evolved in my time at the city, it kind of turned into a bit of a nerd politically. Like, you know, for example, last night I, I, uh, I had the, there was a form, a mayoral form on the environment held at the U of M. Now I didn't go to it, but I, I did search it on my iPad and brought up the audio and listened to that last night. I had the Monday night football game on my TV on mute. So things have definitely oh, changed wow. for me. Regard, but uh, well, you yeah. know what? I mean, it's when, the, when you're discussing the environment, I mean, green space came up and I, I thought that there was a chance golf may have come up. It didn't. And uh, you know, so it's important to, to have an understanding of what candidates may or may not have opinions on golf and and um so we'll see it's uh i think it's you know it's pretty much a wide open race at this point with about a month to go yeah that sounds good so when they come knocking at your door listeners you ask them <laughs> whoever that candidate may be what their what their thoughts are on on golf but uh we won't get too deep into that as i'm sure uh um, you know, there's some conf- conflicts of interest perhaps again, but, uh, there's no conflicts of interest on this question. <laughs> Hopefully not. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> Unless the city's invested in any in condiments, <laughs> but, uh, what would be your favorite condiment, Benny? Oh man. Um, you know what? I, I'm a Mayo guy. Um, ah, another one. Mayo, yeah. You just you got to go with mayo, right? Whether it's a, a burger or a sub or sandwich, it, it, it's yeah, definitely mayo for me. And and even um, you know they've come out now with uh, there's chipotle mayo and there's spicy mayo and there's different branding of mayo. So that's uh, that's definitely that's definitely my go-to condiment is mayo for sure. There you have it. Yeah, another mayo one. Put that one on the board. Well, I think who is it that was saying maybe Al of how mayo or maybe it was someone else, Zach Thompson, of how it's aioli now. They've kind of rebranded and it's been like, yeah, it's no longer there, the mayo. It's aioli. There are a lot of aiolis, but I think you'd have to, you got to put like an additive in there, whether it be garlic or rosemary or oregano uh, mm. for it to be an aioli. Oh, okay. I could be wrong. We'll have to ask the aioli people. 
But, uh, but you did bring up putting it on a sub, like a sub sandwich. And you know what? That is something I have not had in a while. I want like a nice, not even like a baguette, just a soft white bread. Mm-hmm. Throw some mayo on that or some chipotle mayo. Oh, can't beat it. I might have a snack right now. Yeah, <laughs> they have. Uh, they also have vegan mayonnaise, too, these days. Yes, it is shit. Oh, okay. <laughs> I was just trying. I know. I appreciate the thought, Mike. Thank you. I have yeah. tried it as I have tried most vegan things. And if they're trying to replicate something, they generally are garbage. Uh, well, too bad. Those too are bad. My, my, my two cents anyway. <laughs> All right. Well, that was awesome. Good. That was the uh, back nine lightning round. And it was for Bryce Matlashewski, who is an investment advisor with Endeavor Wealth Management, part of IA Private Wealth, and a member of the Canadian Investor Protection Fund. You can contact Bryce at 204-515-3446. We also have all his info in our pod show notes. He's a big Mayo guy. I don't know that. I don't know if he is or not, but he, he very well yeah. might be. I don't know. He might be. He might be. Uh, Bryce, let us know. We should get him on. I've asked him. Uh, he said... Uh, the, the listeners don't want to hear that. I'm sure we would love to hear. Uh, that's not a very good Bryce impression. He doesn't sound like Richard Nixon. But uh, anyways, give Bryce a call. And then uh, I don't know if you're going to mention DQ again, but uh, I saw their new Blizzard menu and I saw they had a pumpkin spice on there. And we are in that pumpkin spice uh, season, no longer called fall or autumn. It's just pumpkin it's spice everything, season. Everything pumpkin spice. And yeah, so you're going to get yourself an eight-inch custom cake from the Nick and Nicky group of DQs, DQ Northgate, DQ Polo Park and the Food Court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. You can follow them on Instagram at DQ Manitoba. And again, uh, this has been awesome. So much stuff we did not know, and it's great to hear from someone within the city and uh, to hear how well you know golf is is doing within the municipality of Winnipeg. So thanks again so much, uh, Ben, for coming on. And uh, also, final shout-out, Oak Island Resort and Golf. Check them out, oakislandmb.ca. They are our destination sponsor for the uh, latter half of this year. Great people out there, just like we had a great person on the show this time around. Ben, you have yourself a wonderful night, and vote pro golf. That's just for Mike and I. Ben can't say that, but Mike and I can say that. (laughs) (laughs) Have a good night. Bye-bye. So long. And you can count on me waiting for you in the parking lot. A hidden gem no more. Enjoy one of the top stay-and-play packages in Manitoba at Oak Island Resort and Golf, just southwest of Brandon. Designed by one of the most prolific course architects in the country, you can enjoy over 6,600 yards of challenging and unforgettable golf amidst beautiful prairie wetlands and some of the best putting services on the planet. Once you've putted out on 18, relax in one of the four fully equipped cabins on site while your hot dog or burger cooks on the BBQ. Or if camping is your thing, you can stay at one of the nearly 400 fully serviced sites. Book today by visiting oakislandmb.ca. Des and Andrea would love to see you down there and tell them 18 over par sent you, and Mike and I will buy you around. That's oakislandmb.ca to book your stay and play package now, or click on the link in our pod show notes. JR, we have a lot of fun on this podcast, but I want to take a second to talk about something that has affected me personally. Every year, millions of Canadians suffer from brain freeze. 
It can happen to anyone. It's a hot summer day. You're aggressively enjoying a DQ cool treat, a blizzard, a dilly bar, or a variety of personalized ice cream cakes, and whammo, brain freeze. It hits you like a triple bogey. The good news is you can enjoy these delicious treats in a moderately sized bite. So get over to any Nick and Nicky's group of DQs and enjoy some DQ treats safely. DQ Northgate on McPhillips, DQ Pole Park in the food court, DQ Niverville, and DQ St. Anne's Road. Go see them today for tasty treats.